0: Welcome to another episode of Dying Podcast. Today we are at uh, the Borderland Festival which means the audio quality would be somewhat different than from previous episodes. You might hear wind, you might hear trucks and engines and people all around us uh, and that's something you're going to have to deal with. We'll do our best to edit most of it out but that's what we are working with today. and. I'm sitting in a teepee tent together with a human being that I, up until 10 seconds ago, knew only as Dragonfly. And now I also know his first name, which happens to be Eric. And we're going to have a conversation and see where that leads. So Eric, will you start by giving me a short introduction of yourself?
1: Well, it's really a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. I just flew over from San Francisco been able to make my home for quite some time, and it's just been an exciting journey to get here to Borderland. It's really just a neat space, and prior to being here, I've been in the Burning Man community for 12 years. It's a really big part of my identity. Dragonfly mm-hmm. represents so much of that. That's that container, the identity that I express in that space. In the city, I work in strategy management consulting. Got a day job that uh, really helps me think creatively as well, and I apply a lot of the structure and uh, what I learned there uh, to help build big visions of art uh, An expression around the world. I'm involved in a lot of projects at any time. And it's just really a cool thing to be here, seeing what everyone's doing. Cool. So just the name Dragonfly, I'm guessing that's a playa name? It is. It was the first and only playa name I was ever given. Wow, so 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it stuck. It made sense then. And it's continued to evolve in terms of how I view what it uh, means to me, but it, both the mythology as well as even perhaps the biology of it. It's become important to kind of my social identity, and uh, I really enjoy it. Why do you think Playa names are important? Because everyone listening won't know
0: what a Playa name is. Yeah,
1: that's a fair question. Um, you know, I think a lot of people say, what's your real name? And I often enjoy that question because a given name is what I think they're asking for, right? What was the name your mother and father gave you when you were born? But it has nothing to do with who you've chosen to be. And I think for so many of us, especially now in an age where we can create almost anything, It's time to allow ourselves to create who we want to become and I think the moniker or the idea of a playa name is simply uh, a representation of who a person is at this point in their life and it can change. They can change playa names. Mine's grown with me and I think for anyone that's out there thinking about who they've become and how different they are perhaps now than they were 10 years ago, I think they could understand why adopting a new name might make sense. Do you use Dragonfly in sort of default world as well? I do for a large part of my community. In the corporate world, obviously, I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I do actually have a few clients at some point in our, in our journey together. They find out that I go to Burning Man, I don't hide it, and uh, they end up knowing I'm Dragonfly. So one client at a major global retailer will often ask, oh, how's Dragonfly doing? <laughs> and uh, he's never been to Burning Man, but I think there's a cool factor with that that he gets a kick out of. And if that helps him uh, open up to his journey, I'm Dragonfly. Cool. And is there a difference between Eric and Dragonfly? Perhaps a bit weirder when I'm in Dragonfly mode. You know, the spaces where creativity is top of mind are where I'm most often in that mode, but they're pretty similar. I really don't want to be a Burning Man participant at night and someone else during the day. I'm really trying to be that person all the time. I don't think I'll ever change my name legally, but certainly I try to be Dragonfly most of the time. I think it's who I am now.
0: Cool. So 12 years as a burner and you are you seem like a very active person in yeah. the, the burner community. How did that happen?
1: You know Burning Man has a way of sucking people in. It just obviously virtually every single role someone can play in that larger community is free of the ability to make it a job. It's really just volunteer. It's time, it's energy, but that means everything that needs to be done needs to be done by someone that wants to do it. So if you're inspired by the vision of Burning Man, then instantly there's a job for you to do. And so for me, the journey to becoming a burner has really just been one of, oh, that sounds like a cool idea, I'd like to do that. Or nobody's ever done that, let's do that. It's taught me to weld, it's taught me to cut things uh, with plasma cutters and lasers and water jets. And I never would have touched so many of the things I've learned in life if it wasn't because we were trying to make something audacious that we probably had no business doing in the first place, but thought we could, and sometimes did, and often failed. Cool. Yeah. And so I don't know much about you. Mm-hmm. We just met here a few
0: days ago. We did. Uh, I know you as Dragonfly. Yep. You tied my wife to a chair ten minutes ago <laughs> <That's true. laughs> with your full support. With my full support. So, like in a short version, what is the story of of you? What's your What's your journey?
1: Yeah. It's a powerful question to ask. Thanks. For me right now, uh, it's become really clear that my role in the broader community around both Burning Man and in life is to really help facilitate and lead like deep creatives to express something that they need. Um, they need a wingman. So I guide and lead a large community at Burning Man called Loveland. And there are people that are far more capable at delivering individual ideas or creative expressions. What my kind of purpose in life at this point is, is to really organize and facilitate the most interesting and creative people around a shared vision that we coalesce on and then help make sure that executes. It's really delivery uh, leadership. It's understanding the dynamics of the social communities we're in and really teasing out those brilliant ideas with people and then getting really weird together and understanding what it could look like to make them real. My passion in life right now is delivering audacious art that helps transform society. And I'm working on some really just outstanding projects that are doing at the edge of augmented reality and sacred spaces. And I really wanna build a sacred commons again. I think especially in my Western hyper-capitalist culture, we're losing the ability to come together as communities as we privatize all of our spaces. And I think the Nordic model in general has given me a lot of insight over the years when I visited because there's just a much greater attention to community and and, uh, care. And I think for me, it's trying to blend the best of what we have in America with what I think the Swedish model is, where there's just a greater attention to everyone's well-being. And for me, it's it's doing that through art and for a big community. And I I think that's something that is a a right calling for me at this point in life.
0: So this is a topic that is of interest to to both of us, uh, community as something that tends to be lacking in society. Mm. I live in a co-living space. I go to Birmingham just like you do. I see the same things. Uh, So you've already touched upon it, but why? Oh, Okay, so we are back because the computer died from overheating. That's how hot it is. It's hot out. (laughs) It's really hot out. Trucks are driving by. People are. Yeah, we might just have worsened the sound quality even more because now we're outside in a tent trying to make this uh, recording work but bear with us so we'll continue where we uh, left off Uh, we're just starting to talk about community and the importance of community and also you know the lack of community in modern society what is it that we're sort of missing
1: you know when i think of like the larger social contract that you know we kind of in a sense are born into signing in this modern age i don't think especially our generation, those folks that are born maybe in the, either the late 70s to present, realize how much society physically, our infrastructure has changed in the last two generations, post-World War II. And there really has been a a move towards privatization of public space. And as a result, there are less places to come together. I think the role of public space is for that dialogue, for that conversation. And that means actually having chats with folks, those interactions that just happen when we're in in cities, as well as conversations with art and architecture. And I think that's so important that uh, everyone's exposed to different ways of being, because that's who our humanity is. It's one people with many different ideas. And that's the essence of coming together as a larger humanity. Uh, I think we need to really double down on making those spaces available again. And that's what I'm trying to work on.
0: So uh, like we've sort of lost community in the public space. But in a way, there are many parts of society which should be all about community. I mean, you have family, you have school, you have the workplace. Uh, To me, it seems like they a lot of times still are not fully about community or something else takes over. Would you agree with that? What's what's your take on it?
1: I think it, it really, we have to slice across cultures or societies because we're coming from quite different places uh the the nordic experience i think is uh there's perhaps a greater focus on that still where i'm coming from in kind of hyper capitalism like i'm in the heart of you know the tech sector in san francisco uh and oakland i think there isn't time in a sense even in those places this we need to teach our children more so they can be competitive uh we need to produce product faster and push features out faster Uh, and there's this this drive to to accelerate, like velocity is just increasing exponentially. And I think that's removing the space for people to stop and reflect, even in the spaces where that historically has been. you know, People don't go to church anymore, I think for a lot of spiritual reasons, but church was a point of reflection. Whether or not someone's theistic or not is not the question. It's really simply folks used to spend 90 minutes every Sunday contemplating their own personal meaning and their alignment to a higher truth. I think that's still important to whatever it is. Yeah. And when do people do that now is, is an important question for us to answer. Where is, I think, what I'm trying to work on?
0: I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're saying it's still important, but in a way one could argue that it's more important now. Because if we have this increasing speed of technological change, uh, yes, that's the right. only, th- the only, to me at least, the only way we could keep up with it is to work on our own that's presence, right.
1: consciousness those kinds of aspects. I think the rise of yoga, I mean, yoga has exploded in the United States. I mean, it's it's actually remarkable across even really fairly conservative areas. Yoga is something a lot of Americans are turning to. I think that's a symptom and a, and a solution to contemplative and reflective time because you're right. I think everything's moving faster. You know, 2.7 kids, both parents are working. You've got a great dog. Uh, where do you have time to pause, slow down and say, is this what I want? Is this where I should be going in my life? Those are important questions to ask and ask again and again. I hope people can.
0: How did you learn to ask those questions? Were were you brought up with them or how did that come about? My
1: parents are, I think they're quite aware and they've asked to a certain degree, they've asked us those questions through our life. Um, But I think a lot of it was as I got a little bit older and and found myself dissatisfied with positions I was in, I, I really had to make a decision right then do I change this or do I continue on this path? And I've continually asked myself, if I just changed a few things in my life, how could they be dramatically better? And several times I've made some big choices to move. You know, I moved back to the Bay uh, a few years ago because I wasn't happy where I was. I don't think everyone has that option, but I think there needs to be, when we have that feeling, I encourage people to honor it and say, wow, there's just this persistent nagging pain or this... I just doesn't feel right. And I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like We've all had that. Write it down and spend some time thinking about it. It could be in a coffee shop, but it's amazing how many people I ask, are you happy with what you have? And I don't mean things. I mean, are you happy? And they don't answer that question uh, from a place of clarity. That's, I want people to get there. I, I encourage people to get there. I'm trying to get there. Let's all try to be happier people. And we have that power, especially we're, no one really in our social circles is really needing for anything I mean it's wants it's a game of wants yet we're not happy and I think there's that's a conversation we should all have Yeah.
0: so, so this brings up a lot of questions why, why are we not happy then like you're saying we, we have everything we need Yeah. and now we're just chasing stuff we want but that tend to not make us happy at least not that's right. for any longer period of time what is,
1: why are so many people unhappy, do you think? Well, that's a question. That's a whole podcast in its own, I know. right? <laughs> what I'd say is I, I, I'd, I'd point to two things in particular. Uh, and first of them is I'd say the persistent and pernicious nature of modern marketing. You know, the message is the experience. And for so many people now, they're getting hit with two to 5,000 uh, impressions a day. I think that overwhelms Our historical biology.
0: Our brains are not designed to deal with that. We're not
1: engineered for that. And that's why it's so effective. So that's the first thing. And then I think the second thing is, I think a lot of people um, are not brought up with skill building and tools to do the contemplative work. You know, if you're raised in a church, maybe you're brought up with it, but I don't even think that's really, I wouldn't call that meditative work. That's more following the leader. Um, And so I think it's that, it's two things. It's one, we're getting bombarded with messages from the outside. And I don't think we have the spiritual infrastructure on the inside to process what's going on and find our own path. I think those are the two primary drivers uh, that are causing a lack of happiness in our society.
0: And then bring it back to, to, I mean, what you've obviously gone through, making choices throughout life to sort of find your own path and listen to that nagging pain. Yes. Um, I've done that myself too. uh, And I know how hard that is. And I know, probably even more people who are still in that nagging pain and feel it's too hard to make that decision, to make that sort of leap of faith, to jump out into something new and leave everything behind.
1: How do you do that?
0: Did you find any tools or tips and tricks along the way to help you make those jumps?
1: Great question, important question. I think a lot of people immediately jump to a question they want to answer that's so big, they can't even imagine what the first step looks like. And that's not the question to answer first. Start with changing your food, you know, really. Like if someone's not eating healthily, they're not going to have a clear mind. Start with changing little simple things that you can adjust every day. It might not even cost any money. And then start moving on to empowering yourself with bigger life-changing decisions. Uh, I think we're often uh, paralyzed in our society by the idea that we need to make a radical change. I mean, I need to change my life. And we hear this, there's a thousand, you know, messages going out every day, it seems like around that. Changing your life begins with just walking slightly in a different direction. It doesn't have to be turning left instead of right. And I, incrementalism is a is a great value. And I don't think people realize the utility of empowering yourself with small yeses every day suddenly becomes an avalanche of the right things. And then putting yourself in those positions, in those places, suddenly opportunities that you wouldn't have access to present themselves to you. And I think that's the other, I think, point And that ties into happiness. People don't realize opportunity is present where you want to be. And if you're not where you want to be, then you won't have the opportunities that you desire. And that's so deeply correlative, yet I find so many people are wishing for something to be different, yet they're not taking any action to see it to be so. And I think that's the first step.
0: And once again, like going back to community, what I've realized over the years is that the people that I choose to surround myself with, seems to hold the key to changing my life because it's really hard to do that you know in a in a silo or in, in a vacuum
1: yes that's right uh,
0: if if everyone around me is a certain way and i feel i probably don't or shouldn't be that way or i don't feel good being that way it's it's it still can feel almost impossible to change that way because everyone around you is just following that that path that is not your path and you, I mean, you obviously ended up in the Burning Man community, but, but did you always have communities like this around you? More, yeah.
1: You did? No, I'm, I'm acknowledging the power of what you're saying. Um, I want to speak to actually the first part and then I'll answer the, the, the question. Go ahead. The, I still struggle with this statement, but I think there's so much value in it. This was given to me by uh, someone I really respect who's been a, a powerful leader uh, in San Francisco for a while. And he said, you have to realize at the end of the day, your energy might be unlimited, but your time is not. You are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And I hate that, but he's right.
0: <laughs> Why do you hate that?
1: Because I want to be able to spend my time across these broad spectrums of community. Yeah. And I'm, I'm me, no one can tell me how to be, but the fact is it's those five people. And I, and I put that list together and I come up with it and it's like, okay, who am I serving? Ultimately, I need to serve myself. And if I'm serving myself, then I'm actually serving my friends because when I'm in my highest power and I'm being my best self, then they're getting the best I have. And isn't that what we all want? To be our best selves with our best people who are being their best people and then just more awesome. So that's the first part. And the second point is realistically, I've had to co-create community many times over and it's a naturally evolving and it's just this birth and death, birth and death cycle. Communities come together for right, the right reasons, for an art project or for a vision and then they sometimes fall apart. And I keep the people in my life that I love the most and the other ones move on and that's okay. So I encourage everybody, you don't have to be born into you know the place you want to be. I certainly wasn't. And I've moved and had to rebuild. I don't see it as work. I think of it more as fun.
0: That makes, I mean the two things you're saying it makes perfect sense because if we are the result of the five or X number of people that we spend the most time with, but we're also constant change, then that is constantly going to change.
1: Evolution is, I mean, socially, I, I can't even believe how much more nuanced my perspectives are in the last, say, five to seven years. Being in my late 30s now, like things make more sense. You know, I have more data to draw from, but that doesn't mean I wasn't relevant when I was 28, you know? And so wherever someone is in their life, they have an opportunity to reflect on all the things they've done right and all the mistakes they made that gave them the gift of not doing it wrong again. And I, I personally think people need, are too hard on themselves. Perhaps some of that's back to that pernicious marketing. I think we all have the power inside us to understand what we want. We just need to listen to it and then take the right steps to get there. Certainly, I that, fail most of the best. time. Yeah. But There's when I get it, thing. I get it.
0: Yeah. I want to add a quote that I've already mentioned in the previous episode, but that connects to, to, you know, the five people quote, is that um, individual success is always a collective effort.
1: Yes. Oh, powerful. It's like my favorite quote. Outstanding. And that is absolutely true.
0: (laughs) We have friendly laughing people and semi-naked walking around us. There's a Uh, lot of happiness. There's a lot of happiness going on right here. Um, these are yeah.
1: great questions thanks for asking
0: well, these are really interesting answers they allow me to get to know you which I really am very grateful for Same. and it also brings new perspectives yeah. coming back to you know, the people you spend time with that's that right will sort of create who you are in the moment is there purpose? this is a really broad question
1: I think people are born with certain proclivities and skills I think people can accentuate uh, the things they choose in their life uh, I think people are burn, born to a certain extent uh, with a demeanor, and certainly we can change a lot of who we are. But at the same time, I think when people get aligned to what they want to do, that's their purpose. As a larger humanity, I'm not sure. Hmm. It's, uh, it's we're so big now. I just don't know what 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 as a species that means now. What is our purpose as we take over this? the only place we can call home.
0: I mean, we've ended up where we are right now. Humanity is where it is right now. Yeah. And to me, it seems that there must be, maybe not must be, but there probably is a purpose with being where we are right now and having the kind of conversations we have right now. I mean, humanity. Bye guys. Bye bye. Um, Enjoy. We'll let them, you know, do their stuff. All right, so we're continuously taking short breaks here because of friendly people passing by making loud noises, uh, which is perfectly fine. And yep. Now it's windy, really windy, so let's let's have that just go through for a minute. I was actually um, interviewed for a podcast at Borderland two years ago. Were you? Well, yeah, same kind of conditions. The yeah. audio was not perfect. So, oh. but I, you know, it's good to take this opportunity. It's a proper adventure. Yeah. All right, so we were talking about purpose and yeah. if humanity has purpose that's a big one that's a big question to to answer I think that it's important to think that humanity has purpose sort of you know it's become obvious to me um, in the past few years that both death and ego really there's a purpose to those things because without death then nothing we do would have any type of meaning uh, and as a friend of mine, Rasmus, who is here somewhere, out over there, uh, said to me a few months back that the the purpose of ego must be to give ourselves the idea that we have a choice and a free will in what we do, because without it, then we would just be on, you know, autopilot. Yes. And, you know, if there's no death, then everything is on autopilot. Then yeah. Why the hell are we here? <laughs> that would suck. That would suck. <laughs> So, and there's a lot of talk about ego being a problem in society, right? But it also, all of this is by design. I have a hard time seeing that it's just by chance that we happen to exist and be these things and creating all of this technology and we have air and everything around us. And there's this evolution ongoing that has some sort of unclear direction. It, it's so advanced that it, to me, must be by... By design mm. so it must have some sort of purpose mm-hmm. my take on it is that the purpose is that existence is uh, exploring itself that we're living in this type of dimension which is sort of a dream where we've designed ourselves to forget that we know what we are <laughs> and then we just keep exploring keep exploring until we find out what we are and then yeah. it all sort of starts over yes uh, that's my current version of what everything is that's beautifully stated right now i hear you on that and that's kind of, to me, it's kind of nice, because if it is like that, then, you know, we can't really fail. We obviously need to continue working on ourselves and working on this thing. And as you're saying, working on getting community back into humanity. Yes. But this game we call life, is sort of, you can't really fail at it. Right. And I think that for an individual is important to understand, too because we're so results-based
1: when we should be focusing on the process. Mm, That's absolutely the truth. Because otherwise, yeah, if you don't fix the process, wow, you arrive very similar results almost every time. And And, and the
0: results are really, really brief.
1: Yes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, we're such a dopamine-driven society at this point. You know, people are looking for cheap hits. It's getting back to, you know, pernicious marketing. Uh, We call it omni-channel now, you know. Hit people in every... Yeah. Uh, way we can and I think so much of how we've engineered ourselves at this point you know, uh, is to receive those very short term gratification uh, moments and I'm hopeful. Redesigning process is a great way to kind of think of it structurally but what you're really getting at and I, I love that is we need to re-engineer how we think about our happiness and I think you know, being at a place like Borderland, turning off my phone for a few days, uh, And just going out and having moments that uh, I like to call them micro moments. This opportunity to have these little moments inside your day that really, I think, provide um, they provide those similar uh, moments of excitement and expression, but they're lasting. It's like, oh, that was meaningful. I enjoyed that. I learned something about myself or another person or I made their experience powerful or empowered. I think those are the kinds of dopamine hits we need. Because I think those build community and they build conversations that are of value. And I think getting back to purpose, for me, if I were to kind of try to answer the question for humanity, it would be, it'd be connection. We are a social species. We're meant to be in community, creating, building. Uh, and I think we're, we can do that. I think we've lost sight of it for a minute.
0: Maybe your micro moments, I really like that, uh, could even be... Because what we tend to do is we set these goals for ourselves and ambitions and visions that, you know, in five years I'll be this, in 10 years I'll be this, I'll have that house, that car, I'll make this amount of money, I'll have that job, I'll have that success. But, you know, perhaps a better way, because that's obviously not working (laughs) Uh, uh, for for anyone, I would say. Perhaps a better way would be to just focus on the micro moments because it's much, you know, closer in time. Like, okay, over the next 24 hours... I'm gonna focus on enjoying the micro moments where I feel there is value, there's worth, there's purpose, however tiny they are. And by doing that, you would probably end up achieving any type of goal you'd ever set, but also understanding that reaching the goal in itself is also kind of a micro moment. That's right. Uh, I I told someone here just a few hours ago that I I wrote a book two years ago and I had uh, a really insightful experience of Finishing the book, which was a struggle in itself. And then uh, it gets through a publisher, it gets published like six months later. And that's when I get all the reactions from people around me. Like, oh, great with the book. Congrats, man. Yeah. And I was like, that was six months ago. Yeah, I'm. It has no value to me anymore. Mm. It really was the process, which was a struggle. In hindsight, I, I enjoyed it. But while I was doing it, I just wanted to reach the, the finish line. I just wanted to end the book and get get it out and be done with it. But the result was so, I wouldn't say disappointing, but just so tiny. Mm. That was just a micro moment of someone saying, good book. And I was like, yeah, but the, the, the real result was when I finished the book, not when people read it or spoke That's to me about it. That's fascinating. That is really interesting. Yeah, I hear you. It was, it was even kind of painful to be like, oh, so this is what it's like to write a book. There's no end point. <laughs> <Ooh>. Challenging. <laughs> yeah, but also kind of beautiful because then totally. you understand it's, it's about the process
1: that's, so like
0: we're having this conversation now yeah. it's about the conversation it's that's not right. about when this episode gets published or someone listens that's to right. It, which is great too but that's their micro moment our micro moment is right here
1: mm.
0: appreciate you embracing the concept of immediacy it's right now it's right now it's all there is and it's also where you you find to me you find everything you're looking for right now like everything is here Everything you'll ever need is right here, right now.
1: Thanks for that reminder. I feel like we really covered some beautiful ground. I, I'm pleasantly, but not surprised, frankly. I, but pleasantly enjoyed all of this conversation. Likewise, so
0: we'll leave it here. Right. And then I'd I like to say I, I hope I get another opportunity to do a follow-up episode. Love it. Whenever we might bump into each other next.
1: I'd love that. I'll be back in Stockholm at some point in the near future, so we'll make it work. All right, cool. Dragonfly Eric thank you so much it's really a pleasure being on